You're fat. You can drink anyone. Maybe if you show a little bit of cleavage. Maybe you're acting too smart. You're a boss. I just don't understand why you don't have no money. I would marry you. You're a tequila lover. You're a disco party. You're the Chargers. Number one fan. Hey, all you catches, it's your favorite single gal, Erin, who transformed in front of your eyes, got reeled in in front of your ears, and had an Oprah aha moment that changed everything. Ladies, before we can reel in the catch of a lifetime, we must first bait the hook with self-love. Self-love is power bait. It helped me reel in what I believe to be a keeper, but even the best fisherwomen have to recognize when it's time to catch and release. You're tuned in to another episode of You're Such a Catch, a podcast dedicated to helping you realize the catch that you are. We do not have to be defined by our relationship status nor conform to societal norms. All we have to do is be ourselves. The You're Such a Catch community is open. If you're craving support, inspiration, friendship, come and check it out. Tomorrow we'll be live on Zoom at 4.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If this speaks to you or maybe it makes you feel a little uncomfortable because you don't know anyone yet, that's your sign to give it a whirl. Anytime we step outside of our comfort zone, we're growing, changing, evolving. So poke around a bit, join us for the live, and see if this might just be the community you've been searching for. There's a link in the episode notes to apply. Trigger warning, last week, Leanna Joan, creator and host of the Hello and Goodbye podcast, claimed her story of overcoming spiritual trauma, emotional abuse, and suicidal thoughts. She also described how she accepted her mental health diagnosis of bipolar disorder. It was an intense yet powerful conversation. I've received a lot of feedback from our community, women relating to some of Leanna's story or several experiences she lived through. If this is you, please know, I see you and I honor you. You're not alone. Today, Sloan, master life consultant and a former business attorney who's guided thousands of women worldwide into their greatness in all aspects of business, lifestyle, and pleasure, joins us to share about a recent dating experience what she thought was an incredible connection with a man she'd been on a few dates with. They shared a spectacular time together, and she anticipated the man reaching back out to secure the next date and to move the connection further. She didn't hear from him for two weeks. During those two weeks, feelings of neediness came up. When as you'll hear, or may remember from season one, Sloan is a powerful independent woman. I think so many of us can relate to what you're about to hear, because we're all doing the inner work. And when feelings or emotions of this nature resurface, we need to acknowledge them and unpack why they're coming up again. Our journey of growth is truly a lifelong commitment. Before we dive in, please make sure you've subscribed on whatever podcast player you tune in on. If you find this episode helpful, please share it on your Instagram or with a friend or someone you know who can benefit from the message. There's also a downloadable worksheet that corresponds with today's episode. If you want to follow along, take action, and evoke change, click on the link in the episode notes to download and print the form. So tell me how it's been going. I mean, when we last spoke, we were in the thick of a pandemic. We were talking about how are we going to come out of this thing? And I want to know, like, how did you come out? I mean, I know we're still kind of in it, but how did you come out of it? And where are you at today? I'm so happy to be here and it's great to see you. And I love that question because 
I think for a lot of us, we've been through quite a profound life experience over these past few years. And for me, it's been a real time of just going all the way in and first in and my external world has been just into my little family. Really, we we got just so close and my daughter was home and like everybody else, there was school out and the whole thing. And so I took it as a time to just focus on my family and my business and my business is online. So that was also helpful, really helpful. And coming out of it, has been really interesting. Before this whole experience, I was traveling all the time, going to all these events, out and about everywhere. We were just like doing our thing. And after there were certainly moments of like, oh, I want to be traveling. And oh, I wish I was out and at events in LA and doing these things. And then I really have come to this point of appreciating being a little more focused and centered and even grounded. Mm -hmm. And a lot more thoughtful now about what I'm doing, who I'm spending time with. It's feeling a lot more aligned to do some trips and do some things here and there, but it's thoughtful in a different way for me. Mm -hmm. And I'm so grateful actually for that to have come out of it. And I've been hearing from a lot of people, there's a new level of consciousness about how we're living. And that certainly has been for me. Sure. Yeah, I've had similar discussions with my girlfriends too. We sometimes look back at like pre-pandemic and we don't even know how we did it. Our days were packed so full. We were running around like chickens with our head cut off. And what were we really getting out of it? I'm not quite sure. (laughs) It was just like this rat race we were a part of now. So fast forward to where we are today, it is nice to be able to kind of evaluate and go, I like these things about myself and my life pre-pandemic, but I don't like the way I handled these things. And so therefore I'm going to pivot. And it sounds like that's kind of what you've elected to do as well. I think the other thing, you know, a lot of people left Los Angeles. It was Mm -hmm. almost like this mass exodus. And I think the 10 people in this town who I spent the most time with all left. So oh, that's yeah. fascinating. All 10, like, so you, did, did that make, what did that make you feel? Did you all of a sudden feel kind of like lonely and alone or because we have technology and you can keep in touch with people by phone, text, voice note, FaceTime, all the fun things, <laughs> <laughs> did, did it not feel as such a pressure or, or just difference in your life? It was. First, the energy here for so long was so heavy. It was so restricted. And then because there are so many people and we're so close to each other, there was a lot of fear and the energetic here was really heavy with fear. And so a lot of conscious people that I know were like, I'm leaving, let's go. And Mm -hmm. so what it really made me feel was, do I want to leave Los Angeles, because the juice of this town kind of went out of it. It was with my people. And then also all the things we've loved to do, museums and restaurants and gathering was just turned off. And now all of a sudden, we're just a whole bunch of people sitting in our little places, going about our lives personally, and then on the internet. So I started to look into where I might move or what do I want to do next. And and what I came to personally was There was nowhere I was drawn to be 
-hmm. was more of a sensation of, should I leave Los Angeles? And I don't want to operate and make decisions from a place of running away from something. So I was like, okay, unless and until I have somewhere where I'm like, I need to be there. That's for me. I'm going to stay here. And then, as I said, it really has been a process of just going in, being in our little world with my daughter and then with her dad, we raise her together and he lives nearby. So we were all just kind of together and riding bikes and just being very intimate with Mm -hmm. our family and sort of shutting off what else was going on here. If you would have elected to move, like if things would have kind of panned out in the consensus that you came up with was getting out of LA, would that, how would that have worked with your dynamic of co-parenting? Oh, I would only move if my daughter's dad was also moving. I mean, okay, we would got you. our whole family. Yeah. Moving. Oh, that's, that's interesting. I, I love the dynamic that you're able to co-parent. And I think th- that's beautiful. And it speaks so greatly about you and him and your decision to put your daughter first and do the best you can to make it all amicable. I mean, I wish I saw more of that out there. It's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so grateful about it. And the thing I'm so grateful about is that really takes both of us to do that. I always say if it was just me wanting to have that kind of relationship and dynamic, but her dad wasn't up for it or open to it, then it wouldn't be. And I see that with a lot of people. So I'm so grateful for him and for that. And the thing that we've done since the very beginning of when our personal intimate relationship ended is we've just said all along, we're family, we're family, we're family. And we both have really been dedicated to making our relationship and and anything that comes up between us. It's like the most important thing is my daughter first. And then we've been able to create a really special dynamic that I enjoy. And he has been and continues to be my family over this time. So. Oh, that's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. So let's dive into that a little bit more. So I'm assuming then with that, and you guys have your schedule and how you kind of work your hours or days or whatnot with your daughter. So that frees up some time and you've been dating, I understand. And I'm excited to hear yeah. some of those stories. And just just out of sheer curiosity, do you discuss that? Or like when you do meet somebody, do you choose to introduce him to your daughter and to your ex? Or is that something that hasn't come up yet? No, it hasn't come up yet. I would definitely for the right person and... My daughter knows that I attracting my life partner and that that's something that's really important to me. And she's like rooting for me and excited about it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Sweet. I know it touches my heart and I would not really introduce her to someone until I'm like, oh, this is my person. Yeah. Yeah. I respect that. I mean, I think it's this whole other dynamic of dating that I can't necessarily relate to myself, but I just know dating presents its own challenges. And so like having this other, you know, person that you're considering too, when you're making your decisions and probably like your list that you're sending off to the universe of like, this is the type of man I want to attract includes some things that will be mutually beneficial to her. Yes. And definitely. And to our family dynamic. So it's for sure someone who's like, they think that's great. 
they want to develop a relationship with my daughter and her dad and and for us to have continue our family because it's a really special thing for me and I think it's a really special energy and environment that we have and so I want someone who sees that and and wants to be part of it and add to it mm-hmm. really yeah so then tell me when we are dating and attracting this man what are your methods? How do you meet the men that you're going out with? And what does a first date look like? I meet them. Well, that's been interesting during this time period because usually I've always met men just in person, going to events and meeting people live for me is a hundred times better. And then over the past couple of years, I'm like, all right, I definitely need a different way of meeting people since I've been in my home for the past Mm -hmm. two years, basically. And so I've been online and meeting people. For me, someone who's dedicated to their own growth and really living a growth-based life, a conscious person is the most important thing. And I can tell from most people's profile whether that's how they're living or if there's any flavor of that in a profile, then I'll open to checking it out. And otherwise that's not the person for me. So from there, I just message and see, I'm looking at like every interaction. Most people I don't meet for a date. So that's only really occasionally that it would move into that because I'm just so clear about actually how it feels to be around this man Mm -hmm. that I'm attracting that I can sense sometimes from texting, sometimes from just a conversation. If that's not the person, then I'll just end it. Mm -hmm. So then as far as a first date could be anything from going on a walk to going to my favorite juice restaurant creation. You might know it. I I know creation. Yeah. Yeah. To go to the beach, go for a walk on the beach, just something really casual and easy that we could just have a great meeting and an interesting time without distractions. And also it could be long or it could be short. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think things like that, where if you want to continue, it's great, but also it doesn't like lock you into that commitment. I remember when my brother was dating, he kept taking women on first dates to like these really nice dinners. And I was telling him, I'm like, that is a massive commitment because If you don't have a vibe with the person or you can tell like they're not meant for you, now you're committed to like at least an hour and a half. Right, a full dinner. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, that is really bold, but okay, I respect it. But I like this vibe because also I'm assuming you said your favorite juice spot, but like also the beach is great. And being at the beach is just good for your own soul. So if something doesn't work out the way you want, you're still in this environment where you can kind of reflect and go, okay, what went well? What didn't go well? Like, what am I staying open to? And what am I staying true to with myself while you're there? Yes. Yes. And I think I, all those activities for me are really aligned of nature, exercise, healthy lifestyle. And so I'm kind of seeing what, if someone invites me to meet for drinks for the first thing to meet, I drink occasionally. I actually, I haven't drank at all this year, but occasionally I'll have a glass of champagne and generally that's not my lifestyle. So then I could see like, oh, that's kind of more what a person's thinking and 
go from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you said that you typically message first. So I'm guessing you're on Bumble. No, I don't message first. So I did this really interesting thing. Have you ever heard of a fixed star report? No. Tell okay. me. <laughs> it's like, do you know human design? Yes. Where you, it's a system where you give your birth information and then it shares a lot of fascinating things about your gifts as a human being, your human design <laughs> in this body and mind that we've brought into the, the earth. And the fixed star report is a similar thing, and it's based on fixed stars, which are stars that don't seem to move very much at the time you were born. So all of this to say, I had it all my life where if I am to walk up to someone, let's say in a bar or somewhere and hit on them, it would be an automatic no and no interest. Truly. And when I got this fixed star report, it was like, a lightning bolt of, of awareness and realization and just like validation because in the fixed star report, it said that basically for relationship, romantic relationships that I can never make the first move. Mm, Okay. okay. And so anyway, it's beautiful. It's, it's by this company called G systems, a woman, Bonnie, if anyone's interested, very fascinating. And so, no, I would only respond to someone who has reached out to me on online dating. The one I'm on is Hinge. You're on Hinge. Okay. Uh-huh. And do you have a voice note that you've recorded of yourself? <laughs> I love that you brought this up because I was just talking to a girlfriend about it. No, I don't. And the reason is I do not hear voice notes that make me more excited to talk to someone. Really? Generally, the voice notes, we were actually laughing and joking about it because a lot of the voice notes, I'm like, oh, that's what you're saying. Or you hear the voice and it sounds funny or I don't know. So I haven't found like a real win in other people's profile with it. So I have elected so far to not have a voice note. Got it. Do you find ones? Do you find voice notes you enjoy? I do. So... I also am a huge proponent for like the experiment of love is blind and connecting with somebody and not knowing what they look like and really building a foundation on an emotional and mental connection. And my last relationship was completely built that way because I was first approached with a voice note. Three minutes was kind of all about him. Three minutes why he wanted to get to know me. So I had never seen him, but I truly respected the effort. And I like to get to know somebody that way. I never knew I would enjoy it because it had never been presented to me that way. And then he had also sent me a video message, which again, I respect the effort. And in fact, my girlfriend texted me this morning and she had a video message she got from a guy that she's going on a date with tomorrow. And Mm -hmm. it was just really cool to see like he's in his environment. He was at the gym. So one, he's working on his physical fitness. He's talking about what he's preparing for for the day. He was getting ready to go to a meeting and he's talking about how important this meeting is and how it could like change the trajectory of his life, which I'm like, oh, I respect that. Like he's being open and sharing. And then he also makes a really nice compliment to her and kind of preludes to being excited to see her the following day, which I thought it it was like this beautiful, like 45 seconds hitting all the little dots and I can only imagine how she feels, but I would feel special if I got something like that before going on a date with somebody. Yeah. 
That's yeah. great. I love it. <laughs> Wait, one thing I have to ask you for, what's the context where your last relationship, he sent you voice notes of three minutes about him and you and you had never met? Was this through online dating? Yeah. So he saw my profile on Hinge and instead of wanting to send like a rose, like you can send a rose, he uh-huh. wanted to do something different to stick out from the crowd. And so he saw I had the podcast. So we tuned into an episode of the podcast, listened to it. And then based upon that was like, oh, I think we would really hit it off. And so he sent me this and it was emailed to me because my social media account and podcast it has my contact information. And so yeah. the voice note was emailed to me and yeah, with a nice little message, but it definitely caught my attention. And <laughs> it was, it was very yeah. thoughtful and it was great because that was also a time during the pandemic when restaurants were closed. So you have, if you wanted to truly date and be intentional and also be safe, you had to think outside of the box. And so we really did. And that's where I really grew to love a voice note, just Mm. because it was fun to hear voice inflection. There was nothing misconstrued. I mean, obviously the good old fashioned phone call is great. And then having that lead up into an in-person meeting, but he's an entrepreneur. I'm busy juggling a bunch of things. So it wasn't just always easy to pop on and have a lengthy conversation, but these couple minute voice notes were great because you get a little synopsis of what's going on for the day. You wish the other person well, or you give them an open-ended question that they can reply back with, just like a way to get to know each other a little bit better. And it was really like a nice way to build a solid connection where there's no physical intimacy involved yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. But with that being said, I do not have a voice note on my hinge yet either. (laughs) And I think that's only because I actually haven't been using hinge as much. I've only had Bumble and then Raya. And Raya is like funny. It's it's just more kind of like a, a fun who's in the space type thing. But I haven't been really ready to receive a bunch from somebody else. And it makes me a little apprehensive when I go to the app and it's like, oh, this many people are in your queue just because I haven't been on there in a while. And I think I'm still healing. So I think when I'm ready, it won't feel that way. I won't have that apprehension about it. So you're doing self-care. Absolutely. And it's been a journey. (laughs) (laughs) It has been a journey, but it is a beautiful journey. And I'm happy to be on it. Like I I truly am. I am embracing it. I'm learning more about myself, my strength, my resilience than I ever have. And I'm okay with where I'm at, I guess, if that makes sense. So It does. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank Thank you. you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So you went on a particular date and I'm assuming you guys hit it off because this is kind of what spurred us having a conversation, but it didn't exactly end the way you had hoped or thought it would. Yes. 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 So I went on a date with a really phenomenal man. Actually, this was the second or third date. And I hadn't felt like so connected until this date in particular. I just really experienced this man on this level where I felt like, wow, this is a really special human being. And he is. And I saw that and I felt it. And I felt like so connected and it it was just really special. And 
after our date, I'm thinking like, okay, I'm ready to like start dating and this is exciting. And I, I felt like on where I think leading up to that, I had just been kind of like, it's interesting because I don't actually go on many dates with people. Like I told you, most of the time I'm just moving people out and carrying on with my life. And in this case, I was like, I do really want to know this person. And I'm not sure until we have this date. And then a variety of things about his travel and he went out of town and I didn't hear from him. Mm. We texted right after that, but then I didn't hear from him for two weeks. And this was, for me, what happened in the process was I started to feel really needy. Mm -hmm. So these feelings started to arise of this like overthinking, oh my gosh, what happened? And this had nothing to do even with intimacy. We actually, we weren't intimate. It was just a spectacular experience together. And still, okay, these, these thoughts are arising of like, what what did this, was this really so special? What's going on? Like, did he think this? And just this over analysis mm-hmm. started arising. And then what also happened with me was I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that I'm reacting this way because I thought I was beyond that. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to come on and have this conversation with you, especially about this, because what I realized is that we do this thing as women where we have these feelings arise and it can be related to just a special connection like I have. And then I think I had, and I think that it's even more pronounced a lot of times if there's intimacy and especially if there's sex and especially if there's orgasm for us as women and what we do as a default. And what I started to get into as a default was to make ourselves wrong To say like, mm -hmm. I shouldn't be like that. And Mm -hmm. oh my gosh. And I went into that at first. I'm like, oh, after all this growth and all this self-worth and I feel, I love myself and I, my whole life is focused on guiding other women into self-love and having a beautiful relationship with themselves. And of course I practice that myself. And how is this coming up for me? That flavor of, I shouldn't be feeling like this. Mm Mm-hmm. And what I think happens a lot of times, and this has certainly happened for me in the past in relationship, is when we do that, it when we try to push it down and make it wrong, then we get into the thing of, okay, I have to act like there's nothing wrong and pretend like I'm just fine and normal and I'm going to try to text and act like I don't care or do something manipulative to try and get him to respond and still seem like I don't care or There's all these things that we do that then ends up on a lot of different levels, kind of tearing us down. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to talk about that with you together and also then talk about how I moved through this in a different way so that if anyone listening, if you have experienced this or you are, or you do, that there's a different path that's actually really a level of self-care and self-love that we can take, even when this thing arises that we wish maybe wouldn't be. Mm -hmm. So I love this and I love where it's going and I can't wait to hear kind of how you worked through it because I think that's going to be hugely helpful. And I think everybody has been in that scenario before. I mean, I have to believe that, but I just have some questions about the situation too. So when he didn't text and there was this two week period, 
I'm guessing normally he would text what, like within a couple of days or you'd have some sort of communication. Mm -hmm. And there's actually some more of the backstory in this that I think is probably too much detail to get into. And I'll just say, yes, we had been texting, we had been communicating, we'd been on a couple dates. And then we had this experience that really shifted my perspective. And I had been being honest before then about where I was, which was kind of like, I'm open to, I I feel drawn to continue to get to know you. And I was sort of in the vibe of like, I'm not really feeling the vibe of like dating or just, I'm not so juiced about this dating relationship. And then we had this get together and I changed that inside. Mm -hmm. And the context at that moment wasn't really to talk about it. I actually did later, but at that moment, my feelings and my clarity changed. And then we didn't get to talk about it for a while because he went off and was doing his thing. Mm -hmm. Did you feel as if he wasn't going to message again then when he got back? No, no, I was pretty sure he would message again. Okay. I was ready to be like, okay, let's date some more and let's hang out. And I was excited about it. And so it felt like this, like, oh, Mm mm-hmm. So would you not have had that kind of letdown had he have communicated and you would have known like there was a plan for a next date, like when he returned? Because obviously you weren't going to be able to connect and go out with him while he was out of town. I mean, you could have had a phone call or a FaceTime or something like that to continue like the progression or the kind of momentum that you had going. What had you had hoped would have happened after that date or that special moment or that connection or clarity that you experienced? I don't think it was about an outer thing so much as a certain communication or something else that I was wanting. What I was thinking would happen and what I became available for was a deepening of intimacy. I was ready like for it to go deeper. And that can be to me as like an energetic opening more and more. So it's not necessarily that we needed to be together or have another date right then, or it wasn't that I was ready, like, okay, I am excited to see if we can go deeper in this relationship and whatever that might mean. And what I realized later and through this process is that he was not really available for that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but at that, in that moment, you know, what happened over the two weeks that was such a gift. Okay. I really, I practice in my life and and in varying degrees of success, sometimes this is easier than others, but I practice in my life living this philosophy that everything is unfolding for my greatest good. Life is happening for me. And so when this happened, and now imagine I'm in the middle of the time where I didn't talk to this man and all these feelings have come up and I'm looking at myself of like, oh, wow, I'm actually back there feeling this neediness and feeling like neediness underneath it is some flavor of not good enough Mm -hmm. or not enough. Maybe is a better way to say it for myself. And I'm looking at it like, okay, how is this happening for me? And I want to also just layer in that. I also had the support during this time of mentors, which is hugely important in my life. And that's also what I do for business and my work So I had guides who were helping me to look and do this level of reflection, which when I looked at what was happening and then chose a different way to move through it, 
then just to try to make myself feel better, try to find a way to interact with him so I don't have to feel that neediness, all the, the old behaviors. When I chose this different way to move through the experience, it was a huge growth for me. Mm-hmm. Really beautiful experience that I'm so grateful for and so grateful to him because our interaction was a catalyst for a lot of growth for me. Yeah. So that's so interesting. So I want to know what ended up happening with him. And then I also want to know kind of how you picked this apart with your mentors to kind of find the root cause, because I'm assuming, and this is very true for my life as well. I reflect upon my last relationship, the one that I was talking about that started off with the voice note. And I was very confident that I manifested him. I know I manifested him. I mean, I'm telling you, like there was all these things that were so aligned and At the end of the day, the outcome wasn't what I had thought. I thought he was my person and this was it. But I learned that there were some things, there was like 80% alignment, but there was about 20% that wasn't there. And I wasn't responsible for getting it there because it was kind of on his end, right? And I want somebody to want to do the work for themselves versus me or, or choosing to do it just to kind of appease a situation. And so I made a difficult decision to walk away from the relationship. And Mm -hmm. the hardship for me was really not only grieving like the loss of a best friend, grieving the loss of the relationship, but also grieving the loss of the potential that was there. Because Mm -hmm. I have a very similar approach to dating as you do. So quality over quantity. I don't want to just give every flavor of ice cream a try because I know I only like this specific flavor, right? And the specific flavor will grow with me and turn into whatever the flavor of every day, (laughs) not just the month, but the flavor of every day. And so I think also in choosing right now to heal and do the work is because I know that just like I think you mentioned this earlier, like my person isn't just somebody I'm going to like swipe through and probably find. I don't think I buy into that. I think my person is somebody who's out there right now doing the work that I'm doing, really getting down to the nitty gritty about like, these are my non-negotiables. These are the things I want to attract. And I trust that the universe will bring that person to me somehow, some way in the right timing. Yeah. Yeah, I want to first really just honor what you shared about the loss of the expectation and this this thing because it's so tender and it's so relatable how we can do that. I think with probably a lot of relationships and a lot of circumstances in life and then there's a really special tenderness about it when that happens with the personal relationship and then coming to some point of realization of this isn't going to be that. Mm -hmm. That's a real loss in addition to losing the person. And I could totally understand that. And I appreciate you sharing that so openly. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I mean, it brings me back there. I I know I'm right where I'm supposed to be now. I do know that. So tell us what happened to this relationship and then kind of take us through the process of how you kind of healed this neediness that you didn't even know was there. Yeah, it was really interesting. I recognized first I have the desire, what can I text or should I text? Or the 
thoughts, the rumination that we go into that could be about like, how can I maneuver this situation? And what about social media? I mean, there's like all this stuff that I can go into that is this older kind of, the word that's coming to my mind is like destructive behavior because Mm -hmm. it's not really being honest. And it's also trying to grasp at something to fix my feelings inside instead of me going to myself to fix my feelings and to first, I mean, before even fix is to be with how I feel. Mm -hmm. So what I did in this experience was really looking at, wow, so there's this place inside of me that is still wanting on some level, even if it's just subtle, wanting someone for me to feel a certain way. And what that signals to me is there's still growth for me to do in being there for myself. Mm -hmm. Because I don't believe that like we're meant to live alone and that I should be like, oh, I'm totally fine. I don't need anyone else in my life. That's not what I'm saying at all. And what I envision for me with all relationships is that I'm doing my own growth. I'm filling myself up. I'm being the best human that I can be. And then I bring that aspect as much as possible. I'm not perfect. And, you know, nobody's perfect. As much as possible, I'm bringing that aspect of myself into my relationships. Mm -hmm. And so whether whether this person was going to be like there and become my partner or I never spoke to again, which neither of those things are what's happening, but whatever would happen, it's like, really, it was showing me something else about myself. And so what I did from there is I really focused on first acknowledging that little side of me that was like grasping at some straws, even though they were just ideas, I didn't take action on that, but like grasping on these straws to try to feel better. Mm. There was a little part of me that wanted to feel better through some interaction with this man. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it's like an acknowledgement, like, oh my gosh, I see you, Sloan. I see that part instead of like, oh, just, I shouldn't be that way and trying to push it away. It's almost like bringing it closer and caring for it. And for me at the time, it was looking ugly. Mm. It wasn't something that I, I guess my ego, I had thought of myself as being like that. I think I'm like, I'm so evolved (laughs) and I'm so aware. Yeah. Of course I don't have something like that with a man. Yeah. So I want to be like, oh, I want to push it away. But in this case, I I know this practice, which is pushing it away really just allows it to persist. And when I can find a way to love that little part that really is just seeking love and Mm -hmm. I can give myself that, that's the first step out. Mm -hmm. And so I'm looking at it. I'm practicing loving it. I'm noticing something about myself that is a part of me and bringing it even further into my fold instead of pushing it away. Does that make sense? Oh, it does. Yeah. And it's beautiful. And it's sometimes I laugh because (laughs) when we're so self-aware and when we're on this journey of growth, it's constant, right? And like you said, you're like, I thought I had overcome this, but this is like a lifelong journey. And as things come up, different feelings and emotions come up inside of us. So what I love here and I want to point out is one, you are so in tune with yourself that you recognize this, 
right? And you're like, okay, this is a feeling you said, destructive behavior. And then you solicited help with it to kind of like bounce it off of people that you trust that understand where you're trying to go. Because I will tell you also, if you're sharing those things and being open and vulnerable with the wrong people, they can solicit advice, right? That actually goes against what you're trying to do. And I'm going to give you an example. So because this came up for me, and as you were talking, it kind of brought me back to this space too. So there is a man that I went out on a couple dates with after my relationship, and I was very conscious when he would message me because I wanted to make sure that I was coming from a place of strength and a healed perspective versus wanting a dopamine hit or not even like just understanding that when somebody's giving you attention and when somebody's paying you a compliment and when you're in these types of relationships, right, or receiving these types of communications, that they do spike your dopamine. And I used to get that every single day, multiple times a day for my relationship. And so I didn't want to just replace that with something else because it felt good and it didn't give me the time or space to breathe and fully feel the feelings of grieving the loss of what happened. And I think there's people out there who would say, oh, no, that's the exact way to do it. You get out of one thing and you get right back into it. And it's like, no, 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 no. So what I truly respect is that you, you know, acknowledge that you had these feelings. You acknowledge that there was more work to be done. You sought help to do it. And you're sitting here willing to talk about it, even though it might not be where you want to be, you're like, I'm committed to doing the work because I know it needs to be done. And I know it's only going to better me and make me a better version of myself. And I think just being able to articulate that and own it, I guess, is just so beautiful because a lot of times we don't want to do that, especially when we are on this growth journey. We want to feel like we've reached the top of the mountain. We do. And yeah. you're like, no, like I, I've been to the top of the mountain, but I've also sometimes I'm have on to, the life journey too. Yes, it's crazy, yes. but it's so awesome. And I think it just speaks volumes. You're giving women permission to not be perfect. You're giving women permission to like own their feelings and know that it's okay. Like we're human beings. Yeah. Thank you, Erin, for yeah. saying that. I think the most special part of all of this is really then what evolved afterwards, which is, and this is related to what you were just sharing also, which is when we don't push these parts of us away, but bring them in and embrace them, find a way. Sometimes that's just acknowledgement, like, oh, look what, who I'm being actually, or what's coming up all the way to the ideal for me is like, oh, look at that tender little part and finding a way to love it. When we do that instead then there's the opportunity for real healing. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it on the deepest level, on some level, this feeling of neediness was me wanting to feel love from someone where I wasn't getting it. And then the practice is me loving myself. And Mm -hmm. that's filling me up. That's healing this wound issue, whatever material that's happening inside. And then after it, where I really moved through this and it took me some time, okay? But I really moved through this and 
feeling like loving myself. I had a really open and honest conversation with him later when he was back. And most importantly is I just came out on the other side with a whole new perspective on an area that I needed to grow in. And I had this calling, come and talk to you about it because my life is dedicated to not only helping powerful women fulfill their highest potential, but also using my life where I can in service to support other people in doing that. Because sometimes my reflection helps other people's reflection. Mm -hmm. And I think this is an area, like you were saying, where do I want to come onto a podcast and be like, oh, I, I felt needy when I went on a date? No, I mean, my ego part is like, yeah, I'd rather be the like, I've got it all figured out and I never feel like that. And we can all benefit by being honest and being mm-hmm. real. And I am not enlightened yet. <laughs> it's be the most real I can. <laughs> but that's what makes you relatable, right? If you had it all together and you had it all figured out, you'd be so far in the distance that none of us could feel as if we could relate to you. And that's the beauty of it. It, and it's it's missed, I think it's a mark that is missed often, just I think by how the pressure that we have as women to be who the the do the shoulds and and be who we're expected to be. And it's like, no, 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 no. You're allowed to be human too. Like you're allowed to not have it all together. and And when you don't, like, and you can articulate that and you can own it, it's just a beautiful moment that we should all aspire to do and be able to share. And like you said, it is an act of service because you're helping me, you're helping everybody who's tuning in right now. And that's just remarkable. Yeah, Yay! It's also a way of living free when Mm. we give ourselves the permission of like, I don't have to be perfect, even though, and I'm going to just use my example, even though this is my career as I'm guiding people in the highest performance ways of thinking and being in powerful femininity. And yet here's an area where I'm showing I maybe didn't have a peak mindset or everything all healed and figured out. It's like a way of, okay, I'm not perfect. And you can insert whatever your things are. It's a way of, of just being free when that's okay. Yeah. You know, it's a jail to have to like, if I had to pretend like I have this all figured out or I'm the ultimate guru or something. And I think for some reason we do as women, we start to take on this idea that we should only show the parts of our lives out publicly or in our broader community where we have it all figured out or where it looks like the picture perfect family situation, business success, whatever it is. And actually, I really believe that we're so much stronger, especially within our community of women. And I'm talking broader community because I think most women have like an inner circle where you can show like the ugly cry or the real yeah. problems. And then otherwise there's a tendency to want to just put on the best face. And if we allow ourselves to be seen that the full truth of who we are in our broader community of women, Mm-hmm. Like you said, we can learn from each other. Like you shared earlier, the truth about the tenderness of your expectations versus what happened. And I know yeah. you've been really open about sharing about your relationship and where you are now. And all that is like in 
service for all of us and we can all rise together from those experiences. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That was a perfect way to title together and like put a beautiful bow on it. Oh, Sloane, you are so special. <laughs> you are. If my listeners want to find you, how do they do that? You can find me on Facebook. My name is Sloan and I only have one name, so that's easy to find. And on Instagram, heart and Sloan, all one word. Oh, perfect. Well, Sloan, thank you so much for being here. It's just, oh, it's just so fun. And I mean, it makes me want to like go listen to the first time we chatted all over again. <laughs> like soak up your energy. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me, Erin. It's a pleasure. Hook, line, and sinker. I'm going to cast some questions Sloane's way, and she's going to rummage through her tackle box for the answers. Hook us up with your best relationship advice. My best relationship advice has to be my personal life philosophy about attracting the right person and then being the quality of woman that I know I am in that relationship. And that is this idea that I'm responsible for my happiness. So for me right now, while I'm not in a relationship and, and really focused on attracting my partner and my soulmate, the way that I see it is, okay, while I'm in that process and while this person isn't like yet presented to me in my 3D physical world reality, how much can I focus on being a person who is in her happiness and being a person who is emanating love? Mm-hmm. And that involves personal growth, that involves practicing joy, gratitude. And so I love personal growth. This is like, I told a client the other day, I was like, if I could just be doing growth all the time, I think I would just love that. <laughs> Going to this seminar and listening to that and then being coached. And I just, I love it so much. So I'm in the perfect line of work. And I really feel like I'm just like, how much better can I make my life and my life experience for myself so that when this person is with me in front of me, then I'm like, I really have just been cultivating, feeling even better, Mm -hmm. feeling great and enjoying my life even more. And then in relationship is this ongoing practice. And I practice this with my daughter often. She or a partner or nobody else is responsible for me being happy or even feeling okay. And then all the nuances of growth within that, Mm -hmm. because there's a lot. I have a lot of experience of wanting other people to be a certain way for me to feel okay. And we all know that's a dead end. Mm -hmm. No, that's great. That's great. On that note, just one thing I want to say to you about my past relationship. So I would post a picture on social media and everybody would say, oh my gosh, you're so happy. You look so happy now. Oh my gosh, he makes you so happy. Or we'd be out and people be like, you're glowing or whatever. And I had to combat that with a post that says, I'm happy because I'm working on myself. I'm no longer in a job I don't despise. (laughs) I'm pursuing my passion, my purpose. I'm getting up every morning just happy to be alive, doing my gratitudes. Like it, sure, he plays a fraction, but like I'm still all those things and he's no longer here. But it was so interesting how people connected the two and attributed it to him versus to all the work and the beautiful things that I was doing for myself. Yes. 
Mm, crazy. So deep. What's something that you're going to let go of that might be holding you back from claiming what you want? Let me share this. I am in a really deep practice and exploration of what it means to really surrender in life. And and when I say that, I mean like a powerful surrender. What is it to co-create with life, to allow life to be going while I'm still a motivated woman who's creating and doing big things in the world? And so there's, for your question of what am I gonna let go of, this is an ongoing practice and I'm really dedicated to doing it. is letting go of being controlling, Mm. letting go of wanting to control and maneuver and, and make the outcome happen that I want because I've seen on a high level how small that keeps me. And I'll, I'll just share my um, law firm that I had built. I, I created a successful firm. I sold it about four years ago and I can look back now and see the way I was so like rigid and I had, I, there was just, I was going to make it and make it this way. I can see now how even with what I created, I was really keeping myself small. And so when I apply that now into business or relationships or anything, I'm like, wow, what life weaves in if you allow it and create so much more than my small thinking mind can. Mm-hmm. And I'm dedicated to really looking at that and and continuing to uncover the ways where I'm inadvertently controlling or maybe overtly controlling and to just release into life while still moving forward powerfully from my inspiration. Thank you so much for joining Sloan and me for this relatable conversation for all of us single women dating and attracting our life partners. Here are a few of my key takeaways from the episode. One, utilizing resources like the Fixed Star Report and My Human Design can provide additional awareness surrounding your gifts and who you are in this human experience. Two, when a feeling comes up, especially if it's something you've been working on overcoming or understanding better, don't suppress it. Allow yourself to truly feel that feeling. Three, utilize mentors and people you trust to help guide you through where and why these feelings are coming up. It's okay to talk it through. Four, there's a lesson in every experience. It's up to us to uncover what that lesson is and to decide to truly receive it. And lastly, when we don't push these parts of us away, but rather embrace them and acknowledge them, that's when we create an opportunity for real healing. Next week is the second to last episode of season three, the I Claim series. I'll be back with a solo cast on how I'm claiming bravery. The last episode dropping on the 29th will be a recap of the season. If you want to stay connected, consider becoming a patron on YSC Unfiltered or joining the You're Such a Catch community. Both are linked in the episode notes. Ladies, I said it once and I'll say it again. Before we can reel in the catch of a lifetime, we must first bait the hook with self-love.